You're listening to Radio Luke's Listen. I'm your host, Steve Matthews. Thanks for joining me for episode 66. The title of this episode is Antichrist's Illegal Alien Activism. Well, before we dive into all that, I just want to say a happy Sunday, uh, or maybe say a happy first day of, uh, of uh, Eastern Standard Time. Well, I'm on Eastern Standard Time. Happy first day of end of Daylight Savings Time. Maybe we'll say it like that. Um, yeah, this is uh, being recorded on Sunday, November the 7th. And um, yeah, you know, we uh, just switched back from Daylight Savings Time to, uh, to Eastern Standard Time. And uh, that's always a tough transition, whether we're falling back like we do in the fall or, or jumping forward or springing forward, I guess, as we do in the spring. It always takes me a while to get used to that change. It's a, it's a big change. And I don't know, there's a lot of people that always want to hate on uh, daylight savings time. I, I actually do kind of like daylight savings time. I have to admit that. But yeah, those, uh, those time changes can be rough. And in, in fact, it was uh, a little bit earlier. I thought it was, uh, it was an hour later in the day than what it was. And I realized I just, I'd forgotten to reset my clock. And uh, actually, I was relieved by that because um, <laughs> I, I thought I was running out of time to be able to, uh, to do this live stream. Anyway, um, uh, welcome on a Sunday afternoon. This isn't a normal time that I do this. Normally, I put a blog post out on Sundays. But I, I did a blog post on Friday night. I was going to do a live stream yesterday. And, and I was just too tired. I stayed up too late Friday night. Shouldn't have probably written that post, but I did anyway. Um, so uh, why don't we go ahead and, and dive into things and get started. I, I titled to uh, this, this episode, Antichrist's Illegal Alien Activism, because I wanted to, to once again kind of throw the spotlight on the, the constant uh, undermining of the sovereignty of the United States of America that is carried out by the Antichrist Roman Catholic Church state. That's what they do. That's what they do constantly. Um, and, and you really almost, I mean, once you see this stuff, it's, it's kind of hard to unsee it. And I, this, in fact, the, uh, the blog post that I wrote on, on Friday, it dealt with a, uh, a, a special mass that was being held in El Paso, Texas. So I guess it was actually being held in, in Juarez, which is right across the border from El Paso, Texas in the, in the, the state of Chihuahua in Mexico. And it was to honor the the dead who had had uh, died trying to cross the uh, the U.S. Mexico border last year. So why don't we go and take a look at uh, at a few of these stories here, and uh, and uh, we'll uh, comment on them as we go through. So here is the uh, the first one. It's it's in a uh, a website called Border Report, which I follow. They they seem to be for the most part pretty much. Uh, fairly pro-immigration, although they 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 seem to be pro pro mass illegal uh, immigration. I, sh- I should be a little bit more specific in that. Although they're not quite as rabid as as maybe some other um, outfits are, but they have a headline here. It says "Border Bishops to Honor Dead Migrants at Mass in Juarez." And El Paso nonprofit setting up day for, uh, day day of the well, it says day of the day altar. I think it means day of the dead, which is uh, actually what they were were doing this for. Uh, altar at the site of mass uh, honoring 557 migrants found dead at the U.S. Mexico border in the last year. So we go down into here, and this was posted on Friday, November the fifth. Uh, Datelines in El Paso, Texas. Border religious leaders of some nonprofits planned together in Juarez on Saturday to mourn the deaths of migrants in transit and call on the United States to institute more humane immigration policies. So 
Uh, let me read on a little bit more here. It says, The gathering includes a mass co-sponsored by the Catholic Diocese of Juarez, El Paso, and Las Cruces. Quote, We are heartbroken and infuriated by the newly released Border Patrol data recording an all-time high of 557 migrant deaths in our southwest border just in the past year, said Fernando Garcia, executive director of El Paso's Border Network for Human Rights. Um, all right, so so let's talk a little bit about this. Now, any time, you know, when, when you talk about people dying on the border, uh, that's a terrible thing. I mean, these people, uh, they try to, to cross over from, uh, from Mexico or from places south. You know, they come through Mexico, but they try to cross over from Mexico into the United States, and they, they do so surreptitiously, they do so secretly. Um, and, and one of the ways they do that is they go out into very remote places. Well, there's not a whole lot. Of, I mean, when I say remote places, they really are remote. And it's, it's a time of year when, uh, when it's extremely hot uh, if they come in the summer and there's no water and people die uh, in the desert. Um, but when you read through these, uh, the comments, you know, this story and, and a couple of other stories I, I hope here to cite, one of the, th- the themes that you come across is it's, it's either implied or in many cases it's explicitly stated that it's the fault of the United States. You know, it's all the American people's fault uh, and it's all of our unjust laws' fault. It has nothing to do whatsoever with the people who have uh, decided to break our laws. Uh, and it certainly has nothing to do with uh, the the Roman Catholic Church encouraging people to break our laws, um, which I, I think you know the latter two, you know, the people breaking our laws and those who who encourage them to do so, uh, they're the ones who who bear the responsibility for these deaths. Now, I mean, I say as a Christian, I, I don't want to see anybody die doing that, but I mean, when you know in, in the desert like that, it's a terrible way to die. It's terrible. Uh, but I mean, one of the the lessons, one of the things we learn in in the scriptures is is that we are to to obey the the, the governing authorities, and when we decide to step outside of legitimate laws uh, that are put there, I mean, we put ourselves into a dangerous situation. You know, I mean, if if you go out and decide to join the mafia, you know, there's a, a good chance. I mean, if you get somebody angry with you, you know, you're going to end up getting uh, getting hurt very badly or maybe killed. But I mean, you've exposed yourself to that kind of an environment because of of the lifestyle that you've chosen to live. You know, and when you choose to violate American immigration law and you you sneak across the border and you you engage in in things that, that I'm sure these people who are doing it they know it's illegal. You know, they know what they're doing is illegal and they shouldn't be doing it, but they do it anyway. And and then bad things happen sometimes to them. And I don't like to see that that happen to them. But I mean, they have made a poor choice when they do those, uh, when they decide to enter the United States illegally. And, and sometimes they pay for it with their lives. And I hate to see that happen. Uh, but I mean, I, I can't absolve them of, uh, of their responsibility for, for making a very bad choice. But the thing is, I don't really blame the migrants as much. I mean, I think in a lot of ways, I mean, I can understand why the migrants do what they do. Um, but that doesn't justify what they're doing. But the, the people who have by far the greater sin uh, are the, is the, uh, the bishops, the cardinals, the priests, the, uh, the, you know, the monks, the nuns, uh, anybody who in the Roman Catholic Church encourages these people to do what is both illegal and dangerous. They have by far the greater sin. And if anyone is to blame for people dying in the desert en masse, 
it's the Roman Catholic Church and the, the people within the Roman Catholic Church that promote this kind of activity. And they do it for their own cynical, uh, their own cynical gain. I mean, I've cited this before many times, but I mean, Steve Bannon has talked about the fact that you know the uh, the Roman Catholic Church is is the worst or one of the worst instigators of the border crisis, and that they do so uh, in order to benefit themselves, so they can fill the pews, so they can increase their uh, their influence in American society. I mean, that's, that's certainly a couple of reasons why. I would also suggest one of the reasons why the Roman Catholic Church does this uh, is because they're pushing for world government. You know, they love world government. And, you know, by bringing in mass migration into the United States and to other countries, I mean, look at what went on in Europe uh, over the last few years. I mean, who was out there cheerleading the mass migration into Europe? Well, I mean, it was the Pope. I mean, there was nobody that was a bigger cheerleader for that kind of stuff than the Pope. And that's also the case here in the United States as well. Uh, the Pope works overtime, and the Roman Catholic Church in general works overtime to flood the United States with, with migrants, with immigrants, migrants, and, and refugees. And if it violates American law, well, then that's, you know, they, they don't care about that. Uh, they don't care about that at all. If it costs Americans jobs by flooding the country with, uh, with uh, labor competition, they don't mind doing that. If it uh, overwhelms our medical system, if it overwhelms the public services, if the American people have to spend billions upon billions of dollars a year to take care of these people, well, you know, they're perfectly fine with that because according to the Roman Catholic Church, that's the duty of the American people. You know, your job is basically to just uh, fork it over and shut up. You know, and if you complain about it, then they tell you, you know, they tell you what a very bad person you are. Now, what is kind of interesting when you you go through this article is, uh, well, there's a few things that are interesting. First of all, you know, the group plans to set up a Day of the Dead altar in honor of the migrants at the site uh, of the mass. So, I mean, this whole um, uh, mass that's being sponsored for the you know for the the people who have died in the in the desert. I mean, first of all, of course, the mass itself uh, is blasphemous. I mean, it's it's a denial of justification by faith alone because it says to people that you know that you have to to uh, to take the 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 bread and wine which have been turned into the or transubstantiated into the body and blood of Christ, and and that that is one of the things that you do that's meritorious before God, and that, that helps you on toward your, your salvation. And it's a denial of justification by faith alone. It's a superstition. Uh, one, uh, John Robbins referred to it one time as, you know, if, if they actually did what they said they did, he's talking about Roman Catholics, you know, they would be participants in, in ritual cannibalism. Um, so, I mean, we, we deny uh, that the, the Roman Catholic Mass is, is uh, a legitimate uh, worship of God. But on top of that, they're doing it in honor of the Day of the Dead, which is a... Uh, that is, that's a big um, celebration. It's a big thing in, in South and Central America. I know it's very big in, uh, in Mexico. And again, it, it's, it's really a, a pagan idea. And so, I mean, there's, a, there's another problem with what they're doing. Now, there was a... Uh, a Facebook post. Let's see if I can find that here. I thought I saved it. Well, maybe I didn't. Um, yeah, there was a Facebook post that was put out there, and well, you can see it a little bit actually in this article. Um, 
Yeah, this is a this was out there on the Catholic Diocese of El Paso's Facebook page, and it was talking about the Border Mass 2021. And if you read through the article, one of the things that that you notice about it is is that it, it well in fact here it is right here. This is a, a screenshot of it. They call it the annual Border Mass. I mean, this is something that they do every year, so it's not just a one off thing that they're doing this year. It's it's something that they do do every single year. Um. And you read through it here. Let's see. Uh, I guess it's it's uh, missing some of the things that I was going to talk about. Um, one of the things it does mention in in the write up here it talks about for our Catholic faith, there is no us and them, but one family of God. Now I take that that is that is a way of stating a particular Catholic doctrine. It's called the fatherhood of God, brotherhood of man, uh, and it's a false theology. Uh, it's one of the ideas Rome uses to push mass migration. And the idea is that, that the human race is, is one big united family, but that's not what the scriptures teach. You know, the, the, the Bible teaches us that, that there are, are God's seed, you know, uh, God's people, sometimes they're called Abraham's seed, you know, those people who believe God uh, and are justified by that faith uh, in God. And then there's everyone else. So, I mean, it's not one great big human family. God prefers some people above others. But that's not what Roman Catholic theology teaches. And uh, going back to the article on the, the Border Patrol website, the, uh, let's see, they say here, oh, uh, we are heartbroken and infuriated by new, newly released Border Patrol data recording an all-time high 557 migrant deaths in our southwest border in just the past year said Fernando Garcia, uh, or is it Garcia, um, the executive director of El Paso's Border Network uh, for Human Rights. Now, there's an assumption here, it's an unstated assumption, but there's an assumption here that the migrants have a right to come to America and force Americans to pay for their, their upkeep. And no such right exists. I mean, this is one of the things that you often read about, you know, that, that uh, migration is a right. This is something that uh, the Roman Catholic Church constantly preaches. And the, the migration is a right. And, and what they don't often say, you know, while they're at the same time they're jumping up and down and talking, talking about migration being a right, there is also a concomitant duty. Um, and they, they do talk about this in various places on the part of the receiving nations to, to pay for all of these, you know, thousands and tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands or millions. Um, in, in the case in just this past year here in the United States, it's actually literally millions of people. I've heard figures of up to 2 million people. Um, that have been let in by the the Roman Catholic Biden administration. Um, you know, Joe Biden is simply just carrying out the uh, the migration policies of the Jesuit uh, Pope Francis and the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops. That's what he's doing. And so, I mean, they they say that there's a right for these people to come here, but there's also a duty, and it's often not explicitly stated, although sometimes it is. The American people simply to again sit down, shut up, and fork it over. You have a duty to pay for this stuff. And again, there's, there's nothing in the Bible about that. And uh, in fact, that, that whole idea that, that migrants have a right to come to the United States and then take the taxpayer money of the American people, that is called theft. That's theft. And it's a violation of the Eighth Commandment. It's theft. And you know, it's, it's, a, it's a case of the, the Roman Catholic Church calling good evil and evil good. Now, one thing that's interesting when you, you look at, again, going back to this Border Patrol report here, 
is, uh, is something that they say. I'll just read this here to you. It says, the responsibility of, uh, for their deaths, talking about the migrants, falls on the shoulders of the Biden administration and Congress due to their continuation of unjust policies such as migrant protection protocols. That, that's another, that's the more formal name for what was called Remain in Mexico, and in action to fix our broken and unjust immigration system. Now, if you translate that into plain English, you know, fix our broken and unjust immigration system really just means give uh, amnesty to every migrant who's here in the United States, including the vote, and, and also shower them with fabulous cash and prizes uh, from, the, uh, from the welfare state, paid, all paid for by the American people. And again, the American people's job is simply to shut up and fork it over. And you're not supposed to say anything about this. In other or put maybe in different terms, the Roman Catholic Church is asking for uh, or is demanding um, that the U.S. government steal from the American people uh, to pay for their own dispossession. So, I mean, if you're an American citizen, uh, not only do you get, do the, does the Roman Catholic Church want to rob you to pay for all of this stuff, um, but not only are you paying for it, uh, you're paying for your own dispossession. You know, you're paying for your country to be turned into um, something completely other than what it is. And, of course, that's the idea of Rome as well. Uh, the mass migration that Rome promotes, it's, it's a, you might call it a weapon of, of mass destruction uh, of sorts. Uh, the purpose of which is to destabilize, uh, to destroy uh, the United States as a sovereign nation or as an independent nation and to, to bring it into a, a globalist system. Now, that's that is the idea behind all this, and of course, with with Rome running the show. I mean, that's that's the, you know the ultimate aim for Rome. You know, Rome loves world government. Rome is constantly pushing for world government, and they're advocate advocating for this mass migration to the United States and really to any of the other you know industrialized nations in the world. That is part of the tactic of bringing about world government. That's that's the purpose behind this. That's the drive behind this. Now, I mentioned here in this particular, the uh, Border Patrol piece, it was talking about, um, you know, the, uh, uh, this big uh, to-do in Juarez uh, was the Catholic Diocese of Juarez, El Paso, and Las Cruces. Well, there's a, uh, an article that I found, and this, goes, this was written about a month ago by the Bishop of El Paso, and it's out there again. It's on Facebook. It's on the Diocese of El Paso Facebook page. Um, his name is Mark Seitz. And he uh, sits there and he whines about the so-called mistreatment of the, the Haitian asylees. Well, th- there's a few things to, to say about this. You know, in the first place, the Haitians, you may remember that from about uh, back in September, there were these thousands and thousands and thousands of Haitians that were gathered on the border in, uh, I guess, near Del Rio, Texas. And he's calling them asylees. Well, an asylee is someone who's fleeing his home country due to the, the threat or um, credible threat of, of persecution. Well, these people were not asylees. They were economic migrants. You know, and, and there's a difference. It's not the same thing. In fact, there was a story, and let me bring this up here. Uh, this is actually from the Daily Mail. This goes back to um, September 23rd, 2021, so I guess about six weeks ago. And the headline really says it all here. It says, thousands of Haitian migrants who flocked to Del Rio were already working and living comfortably as refugees in Chile and only set off for the U.S. after Biden scrapped Trump-era deportation policy. So, you know, these people were not asylees, and they came flooding up from Chile. Chile, I guess is the proper name, proper way to say that. Uh, they came flooding up from Chile uh, when Biden uh, said, oh, yeah, we're not going to deport anybody. 
I mean, Joe Biden has deliberately opened the floodgates to flood the United States of America with as many migrants as possible. Um, I, I guess what he's doing is he's importing a constituency uh, because, of course, you know, they want them all to vote for the Democrats, and they probably all will because these are people that come from nations that you know, do not have uh, a lot of respect for private property, limited government, uh, capitalism, these sorts of things. Uh, and there's every reason to think that they would be would come in and and uh, you know and and vote for and vote for the Democrats. No question about it. And what they're doing is they the Democrats are very cynically importing their own constituency, all the while telling you, oh no, we're doing this for humanitarian purposes. Oh, we're such great humanitarians. No, they're not. They're liars. They're lying to you when they say that. You know, and this bishop, this Mark Seitz, is Seitz is lying to you in the very headline when he starts talking about uh, Haitian asylees. They're not asylees. And so he goes on, he talks about how, how you know, this commandment, you know, the commandment to love one another, rings in light of our nation's treatment of desperate people from Haiti who have been waiting on our border. Uh, as though somehow the United States owes these people something. The United States of America owes these people nothing. And says, apparently since the time of Jesus, we who claim to be disciples have carved out numerous exceptions to this commandment. And who can avoid the conclusion that these exceptions are even more ironclad when it comes to people whose skin is black? So, I mean, there he is trying to play the race card. The cruelty of meeting Haitian asylum seekers with charging horses and whips as they return across the river with essential supplies for the families is only exceeded by summarily flying children and mothers and fathers back to the death-dealing conditions they escaped in Haiti, which is in the midst of efforts to recover from recent earthquake and terrible economic and political turmoil. Well, you know, apparently a lot of these people weren't from Haiti. You know, they had been living in Chile, um, but they were flown back to Haiti, which is their home country. Um, and, you know, the United States, again, does not owe them a living. It does not owe them entry into the United States of America. And they certainly are not uh, owed um, the uh, support of the American taxpayer. They are not owed that. And in terms of, uh, you know, he, he, you know, this, this bishop, this line bishop, you know, he you know, continues to promote this idea that the Border Patrol came after the, uh, the Haitians with, with whips. Uh, here's an article, and this is from the uh, the Washington Times back in September 24th. Photographer says Border Patrol agents didn't whip Haitian migrants. Let's read the article here. It says, a photographer who took photos of mounted Border Patrol agents in a tense encounter with Haitian migrants earlier this week says he didn't see any whipping, puncturing the outrage at the White House and immigrant rights activists as aimed at the agents. Paul Ratchie told KTSM, an El Paso, Texas television station, that he saw the migrants running and dodging around the horses that agents were riding, and the agents were swinging their reins but weren't targeting the migrants. He was swinging it, but I didn't see him actually whip someone with it, the photographer told the station. That's something that can be misconstrued when you're looking at it. His explanation tracks with Border Patrol Chief Paul or Paul uh, Raul Ortiz, who has ridden horse patrol himself before, told reporters in Texas on Monday. Trying to take control of those horses so we do not get in a position where we injure a migrant uh, as they're trying to make the treacherous trek across the river is probably more important than anything, and I'm pretty sure and confident that's exactly what was happening, the chief said. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, who was with Chief Ortiz at the time, agreed, but has since changed his tone, vehemently denouncing the images and appearance before Congress on Wednesday. Well, we'll get back and talk a little bit uh, about good old Alejandro Mayorkas uh, and what a con artist he is uh, in, in just a little bit here. Um, but, you know, you, you've got this, this line bishop 
um, you know, still promoting this this false story, this fake news uh, that the U.S. Border Patrol is somehow doing something wrong, uh, when what they were doing is they were enforcing American law. I mean, this is one of the things that the Roman Catholic Church constantly does. They constantly attack the Border Patrol. The Border Patrol is there to protect the people of the United States of America, to enforce our immigration laws. And, of course, that's exactly what the Roman Catholic Church hates the most, because what they want to do is they want to flood the country with immigrants, migrants, and refugees, make you pay for it all, and and destroy the country. I mean, the Roman Catholic Church is an implacably hostile enemy to the United States of America, and it always has been. And you're just seeing the, the fangs really come out with this, this uh, whole, uh, whole uh, immigration push that's going on. There's another story I'd like to move on to, and it's a, clo- it's, it's a related story here. Uh, this is actually from the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops website. Uh, now, I've been following—this is one of the sources that I use, the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops. If you go to the U.S.—it's the USCCB. If you go to their, their main website and you go over to—under News and you, you click Newsroom, um, there's usually a, a few postings a week under there, and, and, and most of them are not all—most of them are not immigration-related, but I would say about one— you know, roughly one every one to two weeks, there's at least a at least one posting on uh, on immigration because it's one of the it's one of the big themes of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops because it's it's one of the tools that they're using uh, to try to wreck the United States of America. I sometimes call the USCCB a treasonous brood of vipers, and that's exactly what they are. Uh, let's read through a little bit of this here. So the headline says, U.S. Bishop's Migration Chairman Affirms Renewed Termination of Migrant P- Protection Protocols, Urges Further Steps to Improve Treatment of Vulnerable Migrants. So what does that mean exactly? So let's look at that first part. What does it mean to affirm a renewed termination of migrant protection protocols? So the dateline here is Washington on uh, October 29th. U.S. Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas issued a new memorandum terminating the uh, migrant protection protocols, MPP, known as Remain in Mexico. Secretary Mayorkas previously issued a memorandum to end the program, but a federal district court vacated that decision, ordered DHS to re-implement it. Well, you know, that's, that's not the full story here. So let's take a look at this. In fact, this is from the AP. This is a story from the AP. And this is on August 24th, and it says, Supreme Court orders remain in Mexico policy reinstated. Now, the, notice here, the U.S. Conference of the Catholic Bishops, it says here that Secretary Mayorkas previously issued a memorandum to end the program, but a federal district court vacated that decision. But it, uh, it actually went higher than that. It went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. And it says the U.S. Supreme Court on Tuesday said the Biden administration likely violated federal law in trying to end a Trump-era program that forces people to wait in Mexico while seeking asylum in the U.S. With three liberal judges in dissent, the high court refused to block a lower court ruling ordered, ordering the administration to reinstate the program informally known as Remain in Mexico. So, yeah, so there was a lower court that, uh, a district court that, that ordered uh, the Biden administration to reinstate Remain in Mexico, but it was backed up by the Supreme Court. That thing went all the way to the top, and the Biden administration lost. Uh, but now somehow this, this crafty line, uh, Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, um, he issued a memorandum saying, well, we're, 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 we're going to go ahead and terminate it anyway, even though we were, it were ordered in district court and backed up by the Supreme Court and told we have to reinstate Remain in Mexico, we're just not going to do it. We're just going to go ahead and do our own thing. We're going to completely ignore that. Um, 
So, I mean, both the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops and the, the line secretary of, uh, of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorka, say, yeah, yeah, we're just going to ignore what the Supreme Court says and just do our own thing. And uh, let's see here. There's a few other. Well, let's let's take another look at this. Oh yeah, this is a story, and this is from the New York Times talking about. Uh, this is referring to the Biden regime's latest attempt to uh, end Remain in Mexico. It says Biden administration tries again to end Trump's Remain in Mexico policy. A court ordered the administration in August to reinstate the program, which forces some migrants to wait in Mexico while their asylum cases are pending. Says the Biden administration is making another attempt to end a Trump-era immigration program that a court ordered be reinstated, offering a more detailed description about the benefits and costs of forcing some asylum seekers to wait in Mexico where their cases are pending. Uh, cases are pending. Says uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, I have concluded there are inherent problems with the program and no amount of resources can sufficiently fix. Well, actually, it was working pretty well until uh, Mayorkas and his boss, uh, Joe Biden, decided to blow up our entire immigration policy. Uh, that was actually working remarkably well under Donald Trump. I mean, this is a willful destruction of, of the rule of law. It is a willful destruction of the United States of America by the Biden regime. This is immigration treason. And uh, we'll leave that, uh, leave that as it is. Now, one of the things that's interesting, of course, about Alejandro Mayorkas is, uh, is just how profoundly uh, dishonest the man is. This is a story in, uh, in Breitbart News um, from August 10th. So it's about, I guess, what? Eh, hard to believe. It's almost three months ago. Um, but it says, exclusive, Mark Morgan. Almost everything Alejandro Mayorkas says is a lie. And so who's Mark Morgan? Mark Morgan, former chief operating officer and acting commissioner for Customs and Border Protection. So, I mean, this is somebody that was right in the middle of the fight, and he, was, he worked under, for the Trump administration, told Breitbart News that Secretary of Department Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas is regularly lying to the public about the status quo of border security and illegal immigration. Quote, almost everything that comes out of the man's mouth with respect to border security and illegal immigration is a lie. Morgan said on Sirius XM's Breitbart News Sunday with host Joel Polak. And let's see here. Last week, Mayorkas blamed the Trump administration for an ongoing flow of migrants across the southern border. The former administration, he alleged, dismantled her capabilities to address migration across the U.S.-Mexico border. Morgan remarked, The Biden administration has created the worst situation we've seen in modern history. This president inherited the most secure border in modern history and has destroyed it all. They're lying to the American people. This does not make me feel good to say, but I'm going to keep saying the truth. Well, yes, they have deliberately destroyed the border. Uh, that was one of the big victories that the, uh, the Trump administration had was uh, in securing the border with Mexico. It was actually quite remarkable some of the work that, uh, that Donald Trump was able to do, in spite of all the opposition uh, from the Democratic Party, uh, from the Roman Catholic Church, uh, and from, from other uh, um, uh, forces that uh, did not want to see a pro-American immigration uh, laws put into place. And uh, this Alejandro Mayorkas, he's kind of an interesting fellow. He's a, he is a uh, he, he's a uh, is ethnically Jewish, and he he's a, an immigrant from from Cuba. Uh, but he went to law school. He studied with the Jesuits, uh, so he's a, another Jesuit trained lawyer. Uh, and he's acting like a Jesuit. I mean, you know, this this fellow, this uh, Mark Morgan, says you know that uh, 
almost everything that comes out of his mouth is a lie. Well, he's, he's Jesuit trained. So I would expect that everything, that nearly everything comes out of his mouth is a lie. Uh, because that's how the Jesuits roll. And the thing is, we have a president who goes to a Jesuit church and who has long secret meetings with a Jesuit pope. Uh, and surprise, surprise, he carries out the immigration policy of the Roman Catholic Church generally and the Jesuits in particular. That's what he does. Uh, you know, and of course, he's got a guy at the DHS who's trained by the Jesuits and who's also working overtime to carry out those same policies. This administration is implacably hostile to the best interests of the American people. I mean, it's, it's really an extraordinary thing to watch. Um, there's another article that's out there. Let's see. Oh, this is one that was about uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, and it's called uh, Alejandro Mayorkas Seven Border Lies. And uh, lie number one is he lowballs the number of uh, of Haitians that uh, that came into the uh, the United States, saying it was ten to twelve thousand. But I mean, the number was actually far far higher than that. Um, what we do is follow the law as Congress has passed it. No, they don't. Uh, in fact, they do everything they can to try to undermine the law, and not just just uh, you know laws that were passed you know by Congress, but also some of the uh, the legal some of the uh, programs that were put in place um, by the Trump administration. Again, remain in Mexico. Uh, that remain in Mexico program simply was when somebody was coming here and seeking asylum that they had to wait in Mexico until their their case was reviewed. You see, not everybody can qualify as an asylee. Um, to be an asylee, you have to have either be persecuted or have a well-founded fear of being persecuted. Uh, you know, persecuted typically for you know your religion or your your race or your ethnic background, something like that. Um, simply just be you know wanting to come to the United States so you can earn a better living, which is understandable. I mean, I can understand why somebody would want to do that, but that doesn't qualify you for being an asylee. And, and the Trump administration was requiring these people to stay in Mexico until the cases were processed. This was something that was actually worked out with the Mexican government. Uh, and it was actually quite, quite remarkable uh, what Donald Trump was able to, to uh, do, what the Trump administration was able to do with uh, working with Mexico to stop the, the flood of, of migrants into the United States across the U.S.-Mexico border. That is in everybody's interests. Uh, anybody with, of goodwill, anyway. Uh, it's the interest of Mexico. It's the interest of the people of the United States. It's even in the interest of those people who are the migrants. Uh, I mean, the, the Roman Catholic Church is the one that pushes people into this. Yeah, and, you know, the Roman Catholic Church doesn't care if they die. I mean, they pretend to care that they die if they die, but they don't, because if they did, they wouldn't continually encourage people to do incredibly dangerous and foolish things. But the entire... Uh, apparatus of the Roman Catholic Church state um, encourages some of the worst behavior possible, some of the most dangerous behavior possible uh, from these people. And that's why, you know, I personally, I, I don't, you know, I, I get upset with the migrants. I'm not saying that, that they're without blame, but I'm far, far more upset with line bishops like Mark Seitz, the uh, bishop of, uh, of El Paso, than I am with any of the migrants. Because it's Mark Seitz and his compadres, they're the ones that have by far the greater sin because they knowingly encourage people to violate uh, American immigration law to the harm of those individuals, uh, but to the good, uh, the greater good of the, the Roman Catholic Church and people like Mark Seitz. I mean, it's very cynical and, and it, is, it is profoundly dishonest. 
so here's a, a third lie here, a lie uh, of, of uh, Alejandro Mayorkas. We have enforcement guidance in place to provide for individuals who are recent border crossers who do not show up for their hearings or enforcement priorities and will be removed. No, they won't. They're not going to remove anybody. I mean, that is just flat out an enormous lie. You know, they want these people to stay, and they want them to stay, as many people stay as possible, uh, for as long as possible. Um, you know, then Mayorkas was lying here about the Border Patrol, uh, supposedly whipping these, these migrants. Of course, that's the same lie that was being told by Mark Seitz as well, Bishop of El Paso. Uh, we do not agree with building the wall. The law provides that individuals can make a claim for humanitarian relief. There is actually one of our proudest traditions. Well, you can still... Uh, um, applied for humanitarian relief with a wall, you can just go to the, one of the border checkpoints. Or you can even, if you want to be an asylee, you can go to the U.S. consulate in any of those countries and apply to be uh, and apply for asylum in the United States. You don't have to just crash the border. So, I mean, there's another lie uh, by Mayorkas. 11 million people in this country without lawful presence is a compelling reason why there is unanimity about the fact that our immigration system is broken and legislative reform is needed. Well, yes, it is broken and legislation reform is needed, but you know what he means by that is something that's probably a lot different than what, say, an American patriot would mean. An American patriot means we need to end these programs that cheapen our citizenship, that impose enormous costs on the American people, and threaten to destabilize our nation. But that's not what, what Mayorkas means. What he means is mass amnesty and basically giving the country away. You know, I've, I've talked about this before. I, I cited this verse. There's this verse, and it's from Isaiah chapter 1. It's Isaiah chapter 1, 7. And, and the prophet there, and he's talking about, it's within the context of talking about all the, the destruction of, of Judah and, and how bad things were. In Judah, and one of the the things, one of the the aspects of the destruction of the nation, he points out. He talks about the land. He says, "Your land, strangers devour it in your presence." And it's a very striking verse. That that's actually the King James translation of that, and I really do like the King James translation because I think it really captures the the Hebrew um, and the the emphasis in that that particular verse very well. You see when. The normal word, word order, when in, in Hebrew and in English, the, the normal way of, of saying that would be to say, strangers devour your land in your presence. But one of the things that, that Isaiah does, and Isaiah was a masterful writer. I mean, he, he was inspired by God, but he, he, was, he was a masterful writer uh, as well, very, uh, very brilliant writer. And, and, and he, one of the things that he, and he wasn't unique in this, uh, other Hebrew writers did this as well, and that is that they would, would sometimes change word order for emphasis purposes. And I, I don't want this to sound uh, strange, but you, you remember, like, if you remember, think of, like, uh, Yoda and the way Yoda in Star Wars talked. You know, he'd, he'd look at, you know, you know, Luke Skywalker, and he'd say, afraid, afraid you are, or something like that, you know, and, and it would get your attention, right? Because, I mean, you know, normally we would say, we would expect somebody to say, you're afraid, but, you know, but Yoda would say, afraid you are. And, and by putting afraid in, in the first position in the sentence, it creates emphasis. And it kind of makes your ears perk up when you hear somebody talk like that. You go, wow, what's going on here? And that's the same effect that Isaiah created when he wrote, Your land, strangers devour it in your presence. 
You see, the, the nation of Judah had been sinning. They had turned their back on God. They had, they, they had uh, fallen away backward, was the way Isaiah put it. You know, they were going in completely 100. They, they weren't just going against God, but they were going in 180 degrees in the wrong direction. They'd fallen away backward. And there are all of these dire consequences that, that were a result of, of their sin, of the nation's sin. And one of them was your land, strangers devoured in your presence. And you think of the promise of the land. I mean, the promise of the land was something that was you know, given uh, way back to Abraham. You know, that they were, he was going to give Abraham's seed the, uh, the, this, this land as a possession, as an inheritance. You know, and, and each man, each family had his own, his, own, uh, his own land. I mean, it wasn't a case where he had a few, uh, you know, lords of the manor and everybody else was serfs. I mean, each, each family had its, had its own territory, had its own land. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a middle-class nation. It was, a, it was an ownership nation. And, you know, this, this was one of the great promises of God uh, to Abraham, is the promise of the land. Uh, but here we have the land being devoured in, in the presence of the people. And, of course, that's a fulfillment of one of the curses. You know, back in, I think, what is it, in Deuteronomy, you know, that there, Abraham, there were blessings and there were curses. You know, if God said, if, you know, if you, you heed my voice, if you follow my law, you know, you have these blessings. And if, if you turn your back on me and you reject me, you reject my word, you reject my law, you know, all of these curses are going to follow you. And, of course, one of those was, you know, that you're going to, going to have your, your country destroyed. You're going, to be, uh, uh, you're going to have strangers become more and more powerful. You're going to become weaker and weaker. You're going to be expelled from your land. And so in this, in this destruction of the, the, the promised land, uh, in this destruction of the land of Judah, we really see the fulfillment of some of those curses uh, that you see in the Mosaic law. And again, your land, strangers devoured in your presence. So you had these, these, these foreigners, these, these uh, strangers apparently, uh, probably consuming the produce of the land in, in some way or another. Uh, you know, maybe they maybe they were being flooded with uh, with all kinds of uh, migrants and, and refugees and and immigrants. Uh, you know, who who did not uh, know the Lord and who did not follow the law, uh, but they were becoming more and more powerful within the land. And and the the native the, the Hebrew people there were were losing their uh, were, were becoming weaker. I mean, that that seems to be. Uh, one of the implications of that particular passage. The other thing, too, that's interesting is he says that they do it in their presence. You know, we kind of have that, that term in our, our, our own time. We talk about doing something in somebody's face. You know, and, and that, that really entails a certain special amount of disrespect. You know, you, you know they're going to they're do it right in your face. They're going to do it in your presence. You know, if, if you, you're afraid of somebody or you respect somebody and, and you want to do them harm, you know, you probably do it in a secret way, you know, behind their back so nobody sees you doing it because, you know, you're afraid, oh, you know, if, if I get caught stealing or I get caught doing something bad to this person, that boy, I'm going to get punished big time and I don't want that to happen. But when you do, when you commit crimes, when you destroy somebody's property, and when you do it right in their presence, when you do it right in their face, well, I mean, that is a, a sort of heightened level of just total disrespect, because what you're basically saying is, I'm going to do this, you're going to see me do it, and you're not going to do anything to stop it, because you're too cowardly, you're too weak to do anything. I'm going to do it right in your presence, I'm going to do it right in your face. You know, and that's what also was happening to the Hebrews. Not only were the, was their land being devoured, was it being consumed, uh, but it was being done right in their presence, and they did nothing about it. And that's shameful. That's embarrassing. That's emasculating. That is disgraceful. Well, I mean, how different is 
is, is Judah's situation compared to our own situation here in America. You know, our land is being devoured, you know, being devoured by strangers right in our very presence. This is being carried out by the Biden administration, by the Roman Catholic Church, by the Pope, uh, by the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, by the Bishop of El Paso, and, and other bishops around who continue to make excuses for lawlessness and theft. Um, and, and nobody's doing anything about it. Nobody seems to be able to do very much about it. Now, there are some people who are fighting back. There are some governors who are doing some things, and, and we can appreciate that. Uh, but right now, I mean, there's very little effective resistance to any of this. I mean, we've got a presidential administration that's right now trying to ignore a Supreme Court order. And, and, and they're basically saying, no, we're not going to do that. It's just unreasonable. We can't do this. We can't do anything about it. Uh, at the same time, you know, they want to give, you know, what, a half million dollars to each person who is separated from his family? I mean, this presidential regime, I call it the Biden regime, they hate, despise, and detest you if you're an American. You have to understand that. They despise you. The Roman Catholic Church despises you. And by the way, you know, the, there are a lot of Roman Catholics who are as upset about this whole immigration thing as what I am. Um, you know, I'm not here trying to, to pick, and pick, a, pick on or beat up on Roman Catholics. Um, but they need to understand that their church is radically opposed to their best interests. And I would hope, you know, perhaps the, uh, the Lord will use that to, to bring some of them out. You know, at least to use that as a, as a way of starting to get people to think about this. Because the, the magisterium, you know, the, the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, the Pope, you know, the Cardinals, all of these guys, they all support flooding the United States of America with as many migrants as possible. And the Democrats are the, the party that's carrying that out. Of course, the Democrats are the party of rum, Romanism, and rebellion. As, uh, as uh, he was a... Uh, uh, Samuel D. Burchard. He was a Dr. Samuel D. Burchard. He was a uh, a Union Civil War vet, and he was a Presbyterian minister. And he made that uh, that famous comment in 1884. And he was right then, and he's right today. Now, you know, just kind of wrapping things up here, uh, the Immigration, Migration, and Refugee Resettlement Program of the Roman Catholic Church State is designed designed to benefit Rome at the expense of the American people and the citizens of every nation that Rome has targeted with its weapon of mass migration. The immigration lies of Rome flow from the church's evil theology and philosophy, and if allowed to prevail, uh, it will destroy the United States of America, which is the end purpose of the things that Rome says uh, and the things that, uh, that Rome does. And that's about all I have here for today. It's about time to wrap things up. Thanks so much for listening. I really do appreciate that. And until next time. May the spirit of truth guide you in all truth as you read and study God's word. 